Hello, this is Jason Gewurz, the editor and publisher of Sports Travel, and welcome to another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast, where we talk with leaders and executives in the sports event industry. Today, we've got a fantastic guest in Kyle McLaughlin, the new CEO at Tough Mudder, who will be talking about what the organization has been doing in recent years, its plans to expand, and the health of the obstacle course racing sector as a whole. But before we get into the conversation, this podcast is being sponsored by the Teams Conference and Expo, the world's largest gathering of sports event organizations organizers, and the destinations and suppliers that serve the sports event industry. Teams 19 will be held in Anaheim, California at the Anaheim Convention Center, November 11th through the 14th, and this year's conference will once again feature the co-location of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee's SportsLink and NGB Best Practices seminars, as well as the annual symposium of the National Congress of State Games. And recently announced, we'll also be offering CSEE credits for members of the Sports Events and Tourism Association, or Sports ETA, on the topic of event security. For more information about Teams and everything that's in store in Anaheim, visit teamsconference.com. And now, on to the podcast. It's safe to say our guest, Kyle McLaughlin, has been moving rather rapidly up the org chart at Tough Mudder. His background is in sports events, and he worked several years with New York Roadrunners, the organizers of the New York City Marathon. In May 2018, he joined Tough Mudder first as Senior Vice President of Live Events, and by January of 2019, he was named President. In July, he was named CEO. His arrival comes at a time when Tough Mudder found itself reassessing some of its offerings. Uh, the company recently announced that it would spin off Tough Mudder Boot Camp into its own entity. That was a fitness program and gym business that the company had designed. And there's been some change in the overall leadership as well, with the longtime face of the franchise, Will Dean, Tough Mudder's co founder, announcing a new role. There were also experiments with new race formats, not all of which set well with the traditional fans of the series, but things would appear to be back on track for Tough Mudder from an event perspective, with several new markets being announced this year and next year, including some new international destinations and a uh, 5K shorter distance series that seems to be taking off. In this conversation, we talk with Kyle about his own journey to Tough Mudder, where the organization is heading, what's happening in terms of consolidation and obstacle course racing, and what they're looking for when it comes to an event host partner. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Kyle McLaughlin, welcome to the Sports Travel Podcast. Jason, thanks for having me. We've got a lot of ground to cover to talk a little bit about Tough Mudder. It's an organization I think a lot of our readers are familiar with in some capacity, but I think they might learn some things about kind of where you've been and, and where the organization is going. But Kyle, before we start uh, on that, give me a little bit about your background. I know you come from a live event space, a sports event space. Tell me a little bit about where you've been before you got to Tough Mudder, and then we'll go into a little bit about what's happening now. Sure. So I've been in live events and sports my entire career. Started off uh, on the, the agency side working for national production companies and had the chance in the early days of my career to travel the entirety of, of the U.S. and Canada and, and even some of Europe producing everything from concerts and festivals to parades to mobile marketing tours, you know, activations for the Super Bowl and the NCAA tournament and you know, brands and blue chip nonprofits all over the country. So really a great opportunity you know, when you're first out of college to get a, a strong foothold in a, in a pretty dynamic industry and get a chance to work with clients in a, in a number of different locales. And um, I, prior to coming to Tough Mudder, had spent six years at New York Roadrunners, the producer of the New York City Marathon and 50 other races in New York City, and was a, a senior exec on their production team uh, overseeing a 
fair number of the you know kind of experiential elements and partnership integration and uh, kind of growth and development of a lot of their marquee properties. So what were your thoughts of Tough Mudder when you were at uh, New York Roadrunners or, or obstacle races in, in general? Did you have any thoughts or impressions of, of that space when you were in on the traditional running side? Well, it's interesting, you know, in Tough Mudder and Spartan and Warrior Dash and some of the you know, the others who were first to market in the you know, around 2010 came at a time when those of us in the traditional endurance industry had been experiencing kind of the benefits of the boom, right? You now, 2010 was right in the middle of the endurance boom time. And you know, there were all sorts of new, you know, what, what we thought at the time were kind of you know, fad or, or trend type of events that were rushing into the market. Color runs and foam runs, bubble runs, you know, mud runs, beer runs, donut runs, you, know, you name it, everybody had some sort of themed experience. And um, to be quite honest, a lot of us were pretty skeptical about you know, whether that would, would last or not. And I, I did my first Tough Mudder in 2012. And from that point, I, I knew that this was something different uh, and that they had they were fulfilling a, a niche and a need in a space that was really offering somewhat kind of homogenous experiences to people. And that Tough Mudder really had something different, had been a fan of the brand ever since. And uh, when the opportunity came up, to join the team last year, it was certainly an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. Yeah, well, Tough Mudder started out, you know, so strong in the uh, in the sports event space, and it's survived in this niche of obstacle races, where, as you know, quite a few organizations have not. Uh, but at the same time, it's been having its challenges the last year or two. I know the company has diversified, uh, formed a, a fitness boot camp. Uh, Will Dean, who co-founded the company and was kind of the executive face of Tough Mudder for years, I know he stepped away into a, a different role. And I'm also aware that there were some new events that didn't all seem to sit well within the Tough Mudder community. So let's talk a little bit about, I guess, some of the challenges that Tough Mudder was facing when, when you joined. I've seen you yourself have said that the organization may have lost some traction with its customers. What, what do you mean by that? And give me a little context of what's been happening, uh, say, the last couple of years here with Tough Mudder. Sure. Look, well, I think in any startup environment, you know, as the as your product starts to mature and your organization starts to mature, you've got to be able to kind of crest that transition from startup mode to kind of sustainable running organization mode. And as Tough Mudder was seeing some of the trends in the endurance space and industry, and you know, realizing that we had an incredibly loyal customer base. We wanted to try and diversify and be able to bring in new touch points that we could engage our customers more than just a few times a year on obstacle course races. So such came the the advent of Tough Motor Bootcamp, our studio fitness business, as well as you know forays into media and, and new event products and lines. But quite frankly, Jason, some of them came at the expense of not putting enough attention, focus, and time into the core events products and the core events business. So last year coming into this year was a good refocusing time for us, a chance to step back and take a look at who we were and what we were and what our kind of getting back to the roots of the purpose that the organization was founded on and back to that essential sense of, you know, we were founded on the notion that you know, people needed opportunities to experience really challenging you know, adversity and challenging obstacles in an environment where they could be supported. You know, that was about teamwork. That was not about competition. It wasn't about being first or fastest or the fittest person across the line and that we could deliver that really authentically and in a way that nobody else could. And you know, as such, we kind of went back to our product mix and said, all right, well, which of these things 
don't fit and then don't align with that purpose. And maybe we'll take a step back from them so that we can really focus on getting back to delivering the, the really top-notch experiences that our customers have come to expect from us. And what we've seen this year has been outstandingly positive results. Numbers are up you know, across the board in almost every market that we're in. Our customer satisfaction scores have, you know, are up 20 to 25%. And corporate partnership is continues to grow for us. So for those that look at the obstacle course race industry and say, consolidation's coming or it's going to be a survival of the fittest. I'm here to tell you, and there's nothing that tells me on any given weekend that uh, that there isn't a demand and a desire for these type of experiences and that people truly are looking for a way to escape the stress of their everyday lives and come and do something that oftentimes they haven't done since they were a kid, get dirty, play on a playground, challenge themselves and push themselves and do it in a space that's safe and fun and you know encourages you to put your phone down and you know, enjoy the camaraderie and teamwork of doing it with people who you know maybe you know and maybe people you're meeting for the first time. Right. I don't think your phone would necessarily survive too many of the obstacles that you have on Tough Mudder anyway, so it's probably a good idea. That's kind of part of the special sauce though, right? Is that you know, you know, so much of our world is digital these days and you get a chance to put your phone down for four hours while you run an event. And it's not it suddenly becomes less about Instagrammable moments and more about authentic human moments. You can't get over that wall without somebody else's help. And that builds a strong bond and connection that's pretty special. All right. What about the mix of events, Kyle? I know you have a, a 5K and you've experimented with some smaller distances. What are you seeing out there as far as the uh, participants who are who are with you at events? Is there a is there a hunger for those? I don't want to call them smaller, but the at least the lesser distance events. Or is the kind of traditional model of your you know your longer challenge still appealing to most of the people who you might be targeting? I think the answer is yes and yes. So, you know, we brought the Tough Mudder 5K to the market in an entry format last year. We were operating it in about half of our U.S. markets, and we chose to to fully invest in that and deliver that in all of our uh, global markets this year. And what we've seen has been pretty encouraging results. You know, the, the Tough Mudder 5K is three-mile product, has 13 obstacles on it, and it's truly an approachable get-off-the-couch-and-come-and-do-it sort of experience. It's going to push you. It's going to challenge you. You're going to feel tired and exhausted, and you know, but you're going to come across that finish line with a sense of accomplishment. And for a lot of people who might have been intimidated about a, a longer distance or a more traditional obstacle course racing event, Tough Mudder 5K is a way to get them engaged and get them motivated. And it's a good entry point for us at the top of the funnel to bring new people into our tribe and into our community. And we're seeing pretty good results of those people coming, doing the 5K, coming away from that so empowered and you know, and so kind of in love with the experience that they're coming back later that year to run you know, our classic Tough Mudder, you know, the full experience. It seems to me there are some lessons here for event organizers as well. I mean, you guys are obviously doing a decent job, uh, probably more than decent, listening to your constituents to to the people who are coming out for your events and responding to it you know based on the types of programs you're offering what's that process like for you as an event organizer to seek that feedback are you pretty much hearing it whether you want to or not or are you making concerted efforts to uh, to gauge what's sticking and what's not for the people who are showing up now, Jason, I, I hearken to you. I grew up in the restaurant business. You know, my family owned restaurants when I was a kid. And you know, one of the things that stuck with me in lessons from my early restaurant days was how impactful it was when the chef walked out of the kitchen to go and actually talk to the customers about how their food was. 
And for me, you know, and particularly in my role, that's that's an important piece of being able to gauge customer feedback, true engagement with customers. I spend you know, about every other weekend out on an event in the field. I ran with customers this past weekend in Chicago. And you're able to really get a true sense of not only the feedback, right, which you can gauge from a survey or you can engage from focus groups and you know, more traditional models, but being with them and experiencing the product together, seeing how people engage with it, what people want and what their desires are. And at the end of the day, Tough Mudder is a, a movement you know, just as much as it is an event. The community that has built around what we do and the people who've in some aspects, dedicated their life to participating in Tough Mudders. They are the ones who are helping to drive the product strategy and the you know, experience strategy that we have. Being able to take their feedback and incorporate that into kind of our constant innovation cycle has really helped the team here to be able to focus on delivering things that have immediate value to customers. Well, let's talk a little bit about your event schedule as well, Kyle. What's happening, I guess, in the overall schedule? Are you expanding the number of events that you have, contracting? Do you feel like you're at about the level that is appropriate for what your staff can handle and what you can offer people from an experience end? Yeah, so we're on the rise. We're adding two new markets uh, moving into 2020, and we're looking at a number of brand new markets for Q1 of 2021. You know, for us, just based on planning timeline, we have to work about 15 to 18 months ahead of time uh, mm-hmm. to ensure that we can source the appropriate venues and get ahead of you know, some of the, the permitting and you know, government relationship work, as well as make sure that we've, we're in a place where we can establish a national schedule that works with our partners and sponsors and, you know, and kind of our customer base, depending on the region. So uh, we're, we're coming to Wisconsin and Buffalo next year, which are going to be new markets for us. And then long lead looking ahead into 2021, at least in the US, we've got some interesting expansion on the West Coast and in the Southeast as well. Well, What are your thoughts, Kyle, as far as what you look for in a new venue or a new destination? Is it making sure you've got the right geographic mix? Is there a particular type of venue in a market that you're looking for that that can accommodate what you need to do for a Tough Mudder event? What, What goes into that process at Tough Mudder headquarters as you're trying to determine where you might expand to? Yeah, venue searching is probably one of the most challenging things that we do because a, a quality venue is a, a make or break you know, experience component that you're committing to a, a long time in advance of the actual event. And we use venues from speedways to wineries to ski resorts to private farms to campgrounds and you know, pretty much everything in between across the US and across the globe. Um, some of our UK uh, uh, venues are actually nobility castles and estates where we're running you know, on the Duke and Duchess's property. And that creates an, an entirely different dynamic in and of itself. But you know, for us, there's a couple key considerations. You know, Obviously, we require a lot of property, um, somewhere between 300 and 500 acres is what we need to be able to, to truly operate a quality Tough Mudder experience. And we love varied terrain, you know, something that's not just big, flat, wide open fields. We want some elevation change, natural water features, you know, the, you know, something that's scenic and picturesque, hopefully. And then triangulation is big for us. We want to be you know, in a location where we can pull from a decent population base. And that may not necessarily mean being in a big city and oftentimes isn't. It's usually being in a, in a smaller market that's located between you know, two or three larger metropolitan areas where we can pull people outside of a core downtown area to come an hour, two hours outside 
And the bigger difference between Tough Mudder and a lot of our other peers in the industry is that people spend a fair amount of time at our events. They're on course for an average of three to six hours. They're in our festival for just as much time. And about 20 to 25% of our customers are traveling a long distance and staying overnight. So for us, the ability to go out to a smaller market and be able to offer a fair amount of economic impact if they have the hotel base to accommodate us is a win-win situation for both parties. Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute because I think uh, there are a number of convention visitor bureaus or sports commissions that might look at obstacle races in particular as a overall, but maybe Tough Mudder specifically, and have that question of, you know, are people actually traveling to these events and, and staying overnight? Or are these events just pulling people from within the market? But it sounds like there, as you just said, there is some evidence that, that people are traveling and making a commitment to spend some money in these destinations that you end up. Absolutely. And I think, you know, particularly for ours, because it's a, if you're running the Tough Mudder Classic, you've invested some time in training, you've prepared, you're largely bringing a team of people with you. And that's oftentimes the big difference between Tough Mudder and some of the other OCRs is that 80% of the people who run our events run it as a team. So they're coming not just by themselves to participate in the short distance race, get their medal, you know, have a beer and go home. They're coming as part of a larger group and oftentimes making a destination weekend out of it. So for many of our markets, you know, we're the largest event that happens there all year. And from hotels to bars and restaurants to you know, other entertainment venues, we're able to drive an immense amount of economic impact in a relatively you know, short window. Are there uh, markets that your participants have been clamoring for you to go to or uh, areas that they're requesting they'd, they'd like to see events in? Yeah, for us, we see good growth opportunity in the southeast, the U.S. We've got an event outside of Tampa right now and one outside of Atlanta and Nashville um, and would love to continue to look at growth uh, into the southeast region. It's a it's an area where we also have a lot more flexibility based on the weather as well. And we're pretty excited about you know, the strength that we have in the West Coast, you know, all the way from Seattle down to San Diego and parts of the Midwest as well. So true community partnership, Jason, is honestly the biggest piece for us. We can make many venues and markets work if we've got good local partners who are excited about having us there. We can work together with them. You know, we're big believers in the campsite rule. We want to leave the towns and the markets that we go to in a better place than we found them, both from an economic impact side, from a straight up environmental side. And our team looks and reviews that venue proposal proposals and local proposals from sports commissions and conventions and visitors bureaus. Um, and many of the markets that are most successful for us uh, are the ones where we have great local partners. Just coming out of Chicago this past weekend, which is our Chicago land event is up in Rockford. And the Rockford Convention of Visitors Bureau is uh, a phenomenal partner for us. And from helping with media coverage to working on the, the local hotel coordination side, the team there has been an instrumental partner in delivering a really great event and driving a lot of impact for you know, for a town that doesn't otherwise see major sporting events come through on a regular basis. Right. And let's just talk briefly about the international market. I know you guys have been growing there as well. What's what's happening? I think you're in some new markets this year internationally as well, right? We are. So we're seeing really, really strong growth in Asia right now. Um, We've been in the Philippines for a couple of years, where you know, as well as Australia, New Zealand, and Southeast Asia side has always been good for us. Um, but in 2020, we're looking strongly to expand into South Korea, Malaysia, Singapore, China, and Japan. Uh, we launched Brazil is going to have their first event in December this year. And the Middle East is another strong growth market for us. Uh, Egypt, the UAE, Oman, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, 
um, all either have events or are in development. And we're, we're really excited about where the kind of growth and adoption of Tough Mudder around the world is going. And a lot of it's following a pretty parallel track to where we were in the US. You know, the running market and the traditional endurance market hits a point in which people maybe are getting tired of the same plug your headphones in, put your head down and pound out some miles on the ground sort of experience. And where we've got a great history of being able to come in and disrupt that and offer something new and fresh and relevant. And we're seeing the demand for that in markets all over the world. Well, let me ask you, that's an interesting segue, because I did want to ask your take on what's happening with obstacle racing overall. You know, there was so much competition at one point, especially after Tough Motor came out and hit it big. Um, but, you know, Warrior Dash just announced they're canceling their races indefinitely. Uh, so there's some evidence that, you know, even some of the players who have been around for a while aren't making it work. But yet, I just saw this week, Rob Gronkowski, of all people, announced a a new obstacle race series that he's trying to develop in some stadiums. So it seems like it's going both ways. But what's your take, Kyle, on on the, you know, this particular niche of the sports event industry and, and how healthy it is right now? Well, I think, so what you saw in obstacle course racing is not unlike what you see in the, the growth and advent of many other products, right? So Spartan and Tough Mudder were the first to the scene, you know, relatively the same time in 2010, offering, frankly, relatively different products. And, and we see pretty, actually pretty minimal customer overlap between the two of us. Uh, theirs is a, a very competitive fast fitness oriented event. Ours is a very teamwork, you know, integrated camaraderie oriented event. But you had a number of operators who came in and said, hey, we can we can offer a version of this for cheaper. Um, which you know, attracts some of the market share for a bit, right? People say, oh well if I'm you know if I could go run a tough mutter for a hundred dollars or I could go run this other OCR race for thirty dollars. So you know maybe I'll pick the thirty dollar one. But with that comes quality issues. So you're not delivering the level of customer experience that people come to expect. And you're not delivering things like safety and quality government relationships and you know, the local coordination that makes for a smooth and seamless event. So as in many of other industries, those small players kind of come and go. And many, some of them leave an impact on the space and some of them don't. Um, for us, I think we've always been kind of comfortable in the position of where we're at and the the value of the product fit and experience that we offer to our customers. And we saw a number of those operators as good points of entry for customers who might have been intimidated about a more traditional, longer format obstacle course race. And many people entered by doing a Warrior Dash or a Rugged Maniac or a Savage Race and then have upgraded and gone on to participate in a tough mutter and have become you know, loyal followers and, and kind of part of our, our tribe. You know, and as the industry goes, consolidation and you know uh, is going to be natural. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing at the at the time being. But those who are delivering you know quality products and experiences will be the ones who you know, have the staying power. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, Kyle, we started a little bit with your uh, background and maybe we'll kind of end there as well. But I'm curious from your experience that you had sort of on the uh, traditional running side of things, has any of that experience uh, ended up being a benefit uh, in your current role with the uh, Tough Mudder when it comes to you know your history and organizing events of that nature? Is there is there some overlap? Sure. Look, I mean, in, in any sort of you know, live event experience you know, uh, industry, whether it's traditional running or obstacle course racing or festivals and concerts or you know, parades, it all draws from the same fundamentals. You know? and, and I think what makes us different from a lot of people who work in, in other jobs or careers is that we deliver an experience that oftentimes isn't tangible. 
you know, we don't make widgets. We don't, we can't control an assembly line or a factory process. And nor do we have the luxury of being able to delay things or pause things. You put an event on a calendar, you sell tickets for it. You have to deliver something that weekend. And that's part of what makes the job thrilling and exciting and part of what also adds an incredible amount of challenge and complexity to it. But being able to draw on the the standard and quality of excellence that we had at New York Roadrunners and working on the New York City Marathon, largest participant running event in the world, and being able to bring a lot of that here to Tough Mudder and and help to elevate what we're doing from an experience standpoint and from a a straight kind of operation standpoint um, has had a lot of value for me and, and hopefully a lot of value for the team here. And we're pretty excited about the progress that we've made in the last year and the trajectory that we're on. Seeing the the positive response from customers, from the market, from partners across the board. I don't know. The widget sounds like it could be a good name for an obstacle. Down the road. <laughs> well, there might have been a widget obstacle in Tough Mudder's past. It sounds actually a little politically correct for us. We usually go for a slightly more inappropriate <laughs> obstacle. Yeah, no doubt. I'm not sure exactly what the widget would look like, but it uh, it has the name at least. Well, perfect. Well, Kyle, I think we'll we'll end there. You know, I appreciate your time, and uh, I think that we will certainly be watching where things go on the calendar and and where Tough Mudder goes from here. But uh, thanks very much for being a guest with us, and very much enjoyed the conversation. Look forward to connecting with you again sometime, Jason. Thanks so much. This has been another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. To listen to any other episodes, visit us at sportstravelmagazine.com or download us wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes and Google Podcasts. Until next time, this is Jason Gewurz for Sports Travel, and thanks for listening.